When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The What She Wants podcast. Mm-hmm. This is Kristen Carney here with Marnie Kenress. We've formerly ass women. We've rebranded. We were ass women for about three years. <laughs> <laughs> and then we decided to get classy. Yes, exactly. No, it's funny because so Dave, who's engineering our show, just said it sounds like ass women. And I never listened to our podcast, but I think I turned it on maybe like two weeks ago and it sounded, it sounded like I said, welcome to the ass woman podcast. Really? And then I was like, I oh it was no. Like a smart name before. I do like it and I understood it and I think anyone would figure it out after Was it a very highbrow uh, title of a show? Like, if someone listens for 30 to. seconds, they're going to be like, oh, that must not be ass women. This yeah. Must be oh, ass. that's probably what. The most boring ass women in yeah, the world. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I the think the funny when we thing is, why Playboy. do they want to listen to a podcast about asses? We were, we were just farting the whole time. <laughs> well, when we were at the trumpet, trumpet ass right, women. Exactly. When we were at Playboy, I'm sure ass women would have been totally like something people That's might have That's why thought. they wanted our show on yeah. their roster. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, what are these girls yeah. talking about? Love? Ugh. Right. But I just said, welcome to the What She Wants podcast because yeah. we're going to a new network called Wondery Studios mm-hmm. and they want us to rebrand and would like us to use that name instead. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, fine with it. Okay. I guess I'm fine. But, it's, it, but it what she says, wants is... Um, does it sound girly? If or it's does it... referring to me, it's I just want some McDonald's. <laughs> End of podcast. That's what Show's she wants. over. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I want is to talk to our guest for today. Um, I have Scott McKay on the phone. We've had him on the show before, but he was one of many men that were on that episode. Um, you know, they were all in. there for the ass women. Right. For, for all the ass women. Um, but he is on by himself today, which I love. And I um, have known Scott for, oh my God, like 12 years, a very long time. He, I probably introduced him the same way the last time, but honestly, I will say this time and time again. He is one of the first people that I met that were a part of the dating community and advice providing mm-hmm. uh, for men on how to attract women and, and be wonderful to women. Um, but he was always so nice to me and still is always so nice to me. Um, and is just such like a, a generous, giving person. Anyway, I love having talking to him. Marty, I love he's having already on the show. show. I know. You don't exactly. I don't have to come on. over compliment him. But Kiss anyway, Scott says. is on the phone with us right now. And yes, Scott is wonderful. So, Scott, hey, how you doing? Marnie and Kristen, how are you? I got to tell you something. First of all, I'm an ass man. (laughs) No, I would have voted for the previous title. See, we should switch back. We're going to lose so many listeners. I know. We're going to be like, when are these asses coming? (laughs) 200 episodes in, I'm still not hearing them. Uh, But Scott, today I wanted to talk to you about um, the topic of masculinity versus femininity and having masculine energy. And you were telling me. And actually, I want to say. I would like to know about feminine energy as well. I know we have male listeners, yeah. but I I said the other day to my therapist, I said, I feel like I've been rejected by some men recently because I don't have enough feminine energy. Interesting. Ah. Yeah. So anyway, I want to talk about that too. Yeah. But I, I know that you've been talking about that a lot. Scott does a lot of interviews, right. um, but this is a topic that he speaks on. So I want to hear what you have to say about it. Oh, you mean to just riff on it? Just riff on it. Yeah. Just tell me, That's tell me great. what it means to be masculine in 2017 Be the fish concert of advice <laughs> yeah just riffing well i'll tell you what i really think it's heartbreaking that's really the word i want to use yeah. that male and female relations seem, seem to be really at an all-time low at least if you listen to the quote what i like to call the toxic masculinity media out there yeah uh, men are being told that you know their masculinity is at best obsolete and at the wor- at worst flat out evil i think they just want to be around us because they can't hit us anymore right <laughs> oh come on i'm kidding yeah. <laughs> well, she's a comedian yeah. on the show <laughs> um, you know not i don't that's the thing see i mean you know <laughs> we're not supposed to hit or abuse women but then they all want a spanking in the bedroom and right. we don't know how to wrap our heads around that. right right we, so, I, we, so, we, we talked, talked about that, about that recently actually yeah. right 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 so i mean you know you got the situation where um men you know have been told that their masculinity is no longer adequate or relevant but they're not giving anything to replace it with 
So it's like, all right, you know, all these women are saying that, you know, I need to defer to them. I need to be more neuter. I need to stop being male. And yet the male is kind of yearning to be powerful and dominant and Mm -hmm. strong. But that, in the minds of most modern men in the Western world, is starting to feel like, well, you know, that means I'm some kind of controlling, abusive jerk. When in reality, I, I would say that masculinity, both masculinity and femininity, are meant to be virtuous. And anytime you take a virtue and you pervert it, it becomes vice. And I think, unfortunately, some people who have become a little bit angry at the other gender, and I'm not being gender-specific about this. You know, you've got your men going the own, their own way out there in the manosphere who really it's kind of like a backlash against women who are angry at men and saying, don't ever look at us anymore, you know. Even noticing us on the street is the gateway drug to rape, and they're saying such incendiary things. Really, I think men and women are both virtuous in their masculinity and femininity. Um, It can be said that, you know, men can be feminine and women can have the masculine energy. I'm not going to argue with that, but for millennia, masculinity has been associated with maleness and femininity with femaleness. And it may surprise you two to hear me say this, but even as a guy, I actually believe femininity and female energy is the higher calling. I think it's the greater power, ultimately. (laughs) Well, but so tell us what it means to be a man then. So like how, so how do men tippy-toe around all of these fine lines? Tippy-toe, number one, probably not a great idea. It looks a little effeminate. Well, yeah. (laughs) Don't tippy-toe. That's the first lesson there. Great too, Marty. You've called me Mr. Nice Guy already, and now we're talking about tippy-toe masculinity. All right. So, yeah, you don't want to be Mr. Nice Guy, but you don't want to tiptoe around your masculinity either. At its purest form, see, a man is about providing and protecting and doing what he can to, to help women feel more feminine. And, you know, women love to feel like women. Men love to feel like men, at least in the most virtuous form. Nice. So all of those things that men like to feel responsible for, like providing and protecting. And I want to issue the caveat. You know, there's so many caveats when you start talking about this because it's been so politicized, right? Right. But, you know, providing doesn't mean she's a gold digger and hand over your credit card. <laughs> Provide means you have a solution. You have a plan. Yeah. And that makes women horny when you do. Yes. And protecting doesn't mean you have to take a bullet for some thug. It may mean, you know, you just are Johnny on the spot and you're the calming influence. You're the one who, like Rudyard Kipling famously said in his poem, if doesn't lose his head when all about, you know, all about you're losing theirs. All of this stuff is farther down Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as I'm sure we all learn in Psychology 101 at school. Because if you're not feeling safe and you don't have your basic provisions, then you can't go about all the mass, I'm sorry, the feminine wonderful traits of, 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 joy and fun and being social and comforting and nurturing and all those things that frankly we all live for we don't live for working and you know and striving to protect we work for the weekends when it's going to be fun yeah. and the party and, and the laughter and the joy and all those things that are associated with femininity that's why i say femininity is a higher calling we as men when all this is firing on all cylinders properly take great pride and great joy ourselves in, in enabling femininity. Why? Because we get to be the benefactors of those, femi- of, of the beneficiaries of those feminine gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's how femininity and ma- masculinity should work. But, so you know, nowadays we're all getting mad at each other. And, and unfortunately the people who are angry, the people who feel a little betrayed by all this masculinity and femininity stuff, mm-hmm. people who kind of, you know, have been kicked out of the dance of, of masculine, feminine attraction and felt some rejection. It's really easy to start blaming the whole other gender. And unfortunately, when you have that anger and bitterness, it becomes kind of a cause. It comes, Who are comes these? kind of a torch you bear, you bear. And then, you know, they get the microphone and they're the ones who are loudest in the media. Who's, who are these people that are angry about it? Because I have a few like single girlfriends who are in our 30s and like, we all wanted like a man. We, oh, yeah. So I don't know who is not, this group. They're not being angry about it. What's that? They're not being angry about it. When people, 
you know, don't have that axe to grind. It's not like they need to grab the microphone and tell a bunch of men how terrible they right, are. Right, but or, who are know, the people that are doing that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, agreed. They're the guys that you turned your cheek to at a bar last week. They're the guys that you... Or the women. No, I'm saying the women who oh, don't the women. like... Yeah. Who are these women who don't want the masculine energy? Well, I'll tell you what. I am not quick to blame them for blaming men, okay? I realize that there are a lot of guys out there who do things that are not very nice, you know? Totally. They're manipulators. There, there are guys who are abusive. There are guys who are jerks. There are guys who rape, and there's, there are guys who take too many sexual liberties with women. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, you know, like the angry women who really just hate men. They're, they're not the majority. Most guys I've ever talked to, what they yearn for is to do right by a woman and be the man, you know. And when they talk about wanting that power and that dominance again, it's really so that they have, you know, they're, they're not impotent at doing what men should do. Right. But yet men feel like they've lost confidence. Why don't these women just like become lesbians? Have anymore, you know, and that, that's disappointing to the women, first of all. So there are some women who are just disappointed because they want a man, and they can't wrap their heads around why so many men are failing because, you know, they're not us. It's kind of like how men don't understand how women, you know, for them, personal safety and security matters more than it does for men. So men may take a woman out on a date and go, hey, Let's just walk down this dark alley. It'll be all right, I promise. And she's like, hell no, I don't want to do this. Why are you dragging me there? And he's like, I'll you know, stop being a baby. Let's do it. That's a, a fundamental lack of understanding about how women are wired and how to properly provide and protect for them. And if that gets seen enough times by a woman, she's going to get a little frustrated. I'm like, so, is there Frustrated women, side? angry women. Okay. There's women who've been raped and yeah. women who've been mistreated and, and women who had terrible fathers growing up. And I understand why they're angry. But what I've always said is, you know, if you allow someone else's behavior towards you to shape who you are, you're granting that person superpowers over you, and they don't deserve it. No. They did you wrong, not right. They don't deserve the right to control your psyche and who you are. For the I agree. So, so let me ask you a question, Scott. So, so the guys that are listening right now, I'm sure there are some guys who are quite angry or frustrated. Mm-hmm. One of the, my clients that I talked to yesterday was at his wit's end. He is yeah. in Spain right now, and he had originally gone there because um, another female that he knew, they were flirting and getting along really well, and he thought it was going somewhere wonderful with her, and she had the opportunity to go to Spain. He also had an opportunity to go to Spain, and they kind of went there together, and now she is avoiding him living her life, and he's out there as well trying to live his life but thought he was going to be having something special with her. They had a real connection before they left, and he's really frustrated because he's not connecting with her and he's not finding other people to connect with as well. And uh, some of his other options there uh, are not options that he would want. He's just frustrated overall. And I, I felt bad for him on the phone. And all I wanted to do was help calm his frustration. So what would be the first thing that you would say to somebody who is saying, it's just not working with any girl. Um, I'm not speaking the right language. So they hate me. Uh, I can't seem to get past the, the texting and get to a real date. Like, what what would be the first thing that you would advise to a guy like that to, to calm him down and then to start getting what it is that he wants? And what he wants is opportunities. He wants women to give him a chance. Well, the first thing I tell guys when they're they're seeing a consistent failure with women is what is the pattern? Are you always being put in the just be friend zone or women? Male pattern kind of thing? Yeah. Pattern. You know what? I think you're great. You're cute and you're wonderful and I'm laughing and here's my number. And then they never answer the phone right. or answer any text after that. That would be a different pattern. So if there's a certain pattern that's going on, then mm-hmm. that's actually really good news because that means he's doing something that's fomenting that pattern. Right. Now, obviously, it's very very helpful to a lot of people's psyche and in, in assuaging them to say, hey, you know what, this isn't your fault. And we've all seen all the marketing everywhere where the first thing they say when they're selling you the dating book is, you know, if women are rejecting you, it's not your fault. You know, well, whose fault is it? I'm a victim if it's not my fault. Right. I, I'm powerless. The real, the real truth that should be music to people's ears, even though perhaps ironically it isn't, is it is my fault. I can do something about it. So I always try to empower guys and women, too. You know, I coach men and women, you know. Yeah. 
And when they feel powerless or when they feel like they're just not getting anywhere and that frustration sets in, which is, you know, frustration is defined as a repeated lack of success and, you know, it's just getting at you. You're looking for that pattern. Now, if there's no pattern there, then it may just be a matter of persevering. And I also know guys who come to me, for example, Marnie, who say, I can't get any women to go out with me. None of them want to go out with me. And then I say, well, how, exactly how many women have you approached and invited to go out with you? And they're like, uh, well, Three. <laughs> not. <laughs> right. <laughs> that hasn't really happened in 12 years. So, you know, what we do is, and, I, and this is really a pattern interrupt for a lot of guys, is I really encourage them. They're being arrogant sons of bitches for not giving women the chance to make their own decision towards mm-hmm. them. Yes. Yep. I, I, know, I say it a little bit differently. I say you're doing a disservice. Like, oh, you, you are. Yes. Yeah, but that was spot on. Yeah. Word. I mean, yeah. you know, if you've decided this woman doesn't want you and she would have turned out to be the woman of your dreams and thought you were the sexiest, most adorable creature ever just because you're in your quirky way or her type, you've just robbed her of that. Mm-hmm. You've not given her any say in the matter. You've been judge and jury for, you know, whether she's attracted to you or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think any guy who's ever gone to a woman, I and, mean, you know, I've had this girlfriend before. She's the most amazing woman. She's beautiful. My friends, like, their jaw drops when I bring her out to a social event. And she'll say things to me like, you can do better than me. I'm not, I'm not good enough for you. You know, if you want to dump me, I understand. And to me, that's just an insult to my ability to choose a woman who is right for me. I, and I told that woman that. I said, you know, that's a self-esteem issue because I think you're terrific. And if you would think that I'm somehow deficient, for choosing you, you know, what does that say about who I am? Or about how you see me. Or how I think, or my worthiness to get a great woman, mm-hmm. you know. But unfortunately, she couldn't snap out of that, and it caused breakup mm-hmm. eventually. Because she had, pre- you know, she had deselected herself. Hey, you know what? I do that. I actually... I would say a lot of women do that. I a do lot that of people all the time. in general do that. Well, I'm, I'm going out yeah. with a guy this weekend, um who I had an incident in front of mm-hmm. where I threw up in front of him, he is still interested in me, which is very interesting. But I've already gone over in my head a million times how I'm not his girl, even though I would like to be his girl. See, I'm thinking, yeah. what's wrong with him that he wants to go out with you again? I know. <laughs> I was very charming while throwing yes, up. Yes, exactly. I was telling jokes at the same time. Well, my jokes are puke, essentially. So <laughs> I think that's a, just a real moment, though. That's I what think he said. That's He's, attractive. He said that was endearing. It, I know it well, sounds real. crazy yeah. because yeah, because it was you. Like he saw you at like this is her with all the safeties turned off, right? So, Literally, like right. in full panic, I'm throwing up mode. And I think if you're yeah. still like, hey, this person's still pleasant to be around, and she's still that same sweet person, let's go out again. Yeah, yeah. I told him the only thing I'd um, overconsume this weekend would be vitamins and leafy greens. Perfect, because, because I have my shit together. Perfect, but but I, I do the same thing, and it's um. And part of it is because I thought I don't have enough feminine energy. Interesting. It seems like he'd like a girly girl. But that's interesting that you're putting that onto him, even though he's giving you all the signs that right. he likes you. Right. Well, Scott, I want to play a little game with you. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you um, a few patterns that men might be seeing. And maybe you can give like a little uh, brief coaching as to how you would help them switch up that pattern. So I'm it- so relieved. Because, you know, spin the bottle would have been so hard to do over the phone. (laughs) No, I know how to do it. Pretty strong tongue comes right through the mouth. Right, exactly. Um, Okay, so so here's the first pattern. So if a guy says, you know, I have great nights with women, we end up talking the entire night, I make her laugh, she makes me laugh, there's a, a little bit of touching but not really so much, and then I get a text the next day about how I would be a great friend or I didn't really feel any chemistry. Like, that's a pattern that happens consistently where they get thrown into the friend zone. What yep. would you say to that guy? Classic. Uh, just be friend zone happens for several reasons, but I'll tell you the most uh, typical one that would follow. If you're seeing a pattern like into what you just described, that is failure to create sexual attraction by failing to be masculine. You're being neuter and you're kind of hiding that masculine energy thinking either you're going to offend her with it or it's mm-hmm. going to bother her. A lot of guys just feel really shamed yeah. because they're heterosexual male. They're thinking that's the crime, you know, <laughs> right? Right. So I have what I call the big four. And I think if you can master these four simple traits, simple but not easy, right? Right. You'll have a much higher likelihood of having women really be attracted to you. The first is confidence. 
which is what I call a meta-level trait. I don't think it's it's masculine or feminine, but it definitely highlights the efficacy of both masculinity and femininity if you're confident. In other words, I believe you should like me, therefore you probably will. Yeah. Second one is masculinity as women define it, which is the opposite of machismo, right? Machismo mm-hmm. is all the stuff we do for each other to impress each other as men. Masculinity as women define it is what turns women on sexually. You know, guys will come to me and go, well, I'm not going to let some woman define my masculinity. Well, that's just being macho because you better let women define your masculinity because that's the whole purpose of it is to turn them on. Third, making a woman feel safe and comfortable in your presence, right? So important. Mm -hmm. She's having fun. She's comfortable with you. It's not necessarily because you're fun. Fourth one is character. Character is doing the right thing when nobody else is looking. It's also what nobody talks about in the dating world, especially the get laid dating world. And it's mean, it means, you know, you do the right thing. No one else is looking. You have a, a, a cornerstone belief system you believe in. You have some consistency. You can't connect with someone when you're trying to connect with a moving target. And however they behave is just going to be random based on how, how the wind's blowing. Nice. So how does this all relate to what you're saying? If you're confident and you're able to make her feel comfortable in your presence, you have one in three down. And maybe you can have four down. You're this guy of great character. But you don't have the second one, which is masculinity as women define it. Boom, you're in the just be friend zone. And and she'll get upset. That's when women go, man, this guy's got a great job. He treats me right. I still aren't mm-hmm. doing anything for him. Just said, mm-hmm. I have no idea why. It's frustrating me. She'll tell her all her girlfriends that. Mm-hmm. That's what went on. Here's the interesting part. And this will be helpful to all the guys listening. If you have the first one, confidence, and the second one, which is making a woman feel hot for you, but you're missing the third one, which is making her feel safe and comfortable around you, either emotionally and or physically, that's the other situation you just talked about where the guy's getting the numbers and she's like, yeah, you know what, I text me, and then, you know, boom, she flakes on him, ghosts him. Mm-hmm. Now, ghosting nowadays is a function of the swipe right culture, too, so there's no denying that. But I thought I'd throw that in. That, that's what's yeah. going on there. The other thing that... um the other two things that contribute to just be friends zone syndrome is being terminally boring. Mm-hmm. You know, he's this nice guy, but there's well, playing God, it safe. Like exactly what you were talking about before. Like you, you, the, the main, like the main thing that got Dave to sit up and say, yeah, like I like Scott and was nodding for everything that you're doing was basically right. saying that these guys aren't putting their true selves out there no. because uh-huh. they're fearful Right. Of everything that you listed, that it's going but what to if turn their true them self off. is just boring? But that's that's the whole thing. You're not giving her that chance to see if that is the real you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're they're dumbing themselves down and diluting themselves to this bland version of who they are because they're trying to appease her or please her or right. make her happy or not ruffle any feather, feathers. And that is cutting off every opportunity for her to see: Do I actually have chemistry with this person? Right. Coupled yeah. with you're not touching, you're not seducing in any way, you're not making eye contact you're not putting the fact that you want to kiss her out on the table you're holding yep. all of those things back and that right. shuts it all down yeah boom yeah the third one i would call innocuous creepiness yeah a little bit off but it's not like you're a physical threat or she can just feel comfortable telling you to go away and pepper spray you it's just <laughs> you know you're just a little weird just something about your vibe is not yeah that's what puts them in the dusty friends exactly. but i think in the case of the guy you were talking about it's it, most definitely the first one because you're talking about how she's laughing and it's yeah, they're still connecting in some yeah. way but there's nothing right. else being put on the table there what about this pattern um okay. I, was so, gonna say, I like this game keep it keep it coming okay what other patterns uh oh my god my brain is going to mush right now you had mentioned one before what is another pattern um a pattern is that um you are dating online and you're using Tinder and Hinge and all of the things, but um, you're not getting anybody to swipe right on you. Or even the girls that you that do swipe right on you and you connect with, you write them a first message and they just don't respond back to you. You can't get it to actually going yeah. on a date even, like or a, a beginning of a conversation, let alone to a date. What would be well, a pattern? First of all, I think everybody thinks that's the only, they're the only person that's happening to. Happens to Whereas, me Whereas, you know, I've right. talked to, at least two people who are the head of the snake at their respective dating apps, and that is their biggest, biggest problem. That's the lifeboat they're trying to bail out is people can't stand my app because everybody ghosts each other. Nobody, yeah. Nobody's serious with each other. It's, it's okay, nobody's serious on here. Right. 
Right. It's embarrassment of riches. I have too many options in order to possibly get around to all of them. That's exactly why I ghost. Uh, I ghost all the time. I use Bumble mostly. And I I have last week, for some reason, I found like a gajillion guys that I swiped right on and they all matched me. So I had a list of like 30 dudes that I'm like, and I have to start the conversation. Yeah. I'm like, so I would quickly send like each one, one line and then maybe get back to one third of them because I was busy and or had found more interest in a different guy who wrote back quicker or whatever. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So to answer your question, uh, you know, above and apart from the fact that everybody's getting ghosted on, it's it's funny because one person who works for a dating app who actually founded the app told me, you know, they they did a survey of their customer base and the number one complaint is ghosting, and yet Mm -hmm. everybody admits they do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everybody is part of the problem that they're searching for a solution for. Yeah, because I hate when I get ghosted on, but I'm doing it to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's part, it's just part of the, it's like the nature of the beast because that it just, just the solution is understanding what you're participating in. I think, I think so. It's just going to happen. It's, it would happen to the most beautiful supermodel. I mean, maybe not, but like it's happening to really high quality people. So it's not something you have, you have to totally take personally. Yeah. I would argue, especially to high quality people. And, by the way, I do have a solution. I didn't want to leave everybody. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm not Mr. Problems and no solutions are out here. I'm a Texan. So, I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. You just, I think, Christian, you're the one who just said it happens even to the beautiful people. Yeah. It happens especially to the beautiful people because they have even more options. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's the secret of beautiful people, why they don't take it so personally. If you have, if you're sexually attractive to a high, a wide margin of people, you have a lot of options. You can't possibly date all those people or accommodate all those people. It's interesting because people who come to us who don't have options think the other gender has all the power. Why? Because they're only considering the people who are attractive, the people who do have options. They're not considering at all the people who unfortunately are in the same boat they're in on the other side of the gender ledger where they don't have any options and they think the other gender has all the power. So, yeah, I mean, you can't possibly get around to that. So what's the solution? What do those people know that some of us other people, you know, don't? That's that it's not necessarily that I like this person and they seem cute to me, but who am I going to potentially connect with? Right. You know, if it's not, I mean, everybody's sexy who wants me. Great. You know, but I can't go out with 40 sexy people, but maybe I'm only going to really get it. You know, there's going to be a connection with maybe three or four of those people max. Now, I believe some people are more connectable than others, but that's a different conversation. But, yeah, I mean, how do you stand out on Tinder, on, on Hinge, on Bumble? How, how do you get the people to actually meet you in real life? Well, you have to not only just put your best foot forward, but you have to show something unique and intriguing about who you are that's going to catch the eye and capture the imagination of people who are in your tribe, who are one of you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if I'm into certain things, like if I'm, well, I am, I'm into adventure and I'm into traveling and going and hiking and putting on, you know, zip-off pants and wearing jeans and, you know, playing around in a, in a stream, okay? If I see a woman and she took a picture of herself driving a Jeep and she has like a desert hat on and I have lots of options and I see another woman who's, you know, another woman in a black dress with a pretty smile, guess who I'm swiping right on? The woman who I think is, we're going to get along, and she's hot. So intrigue, intrigue, intrigue is the key to apps. It's actually the key to anything online dating. The whole purpose is to create that desire in that other person to want to reach out to you and you in particular and to learn more about you and hopefully meet with you. Guys, for example, are hugely problematic at telling their entire life story to women online. Mm-hmm. There's no intrigue left. Yeah, you're a Harvard graduate and you have a boat and you're amazing and you just sent me a, a weird, creepy 4,000-page Leo Tolstoy tome about everything. I don't even know you yet. All, and all you're going on is a picture and a profile. But guys are really guilty of that. Keep it brief. Keep the intrigue up. You know what I've noticed? That every date I go on with guys that we didn't um, – that gave – I don't know. Well, actually, that's not going to go with what you're saying. What I've noticed is every guy that I go out with that I don't get like any information on never works because we never created like a connection. But then there are the guys that give way too much like this Harvard dude um, that you yeah. just said. But that's, I feel like so there has to be a medi- middle be ground. Yeah. yeah. But it, and of uh, course, anybody with no options is just chasing and being needy. And that's never going to be. Right. 
one you can't hide that. Something that never ever works is like when someone you swipe right and you just say hey to someone or whatever you start <laughs> you open and then they're like we, you haven't even established any sort of common ground and they're like want to go grab coffee and it's like well no I don't I don't, I don't know, know you yet. yet and I don't know a reason to want to go with and a lot of guys and that. wait a week to do so right because I'm gonna totally get over you because there's a million other people right so you have to establish some sort of connection yeah. I agree with you I have one more pattern for you. Um, so let's say there is somebody who you're on the phone with them and they go over, you know, the last four girls that they went on dates with and the people that are around them and they describe them as, you know, they, they're just like, they're not like me. They want to talk about stupid stuff and they want to play beer pong and I want to go and enjoy the world and explore and see things. But, you know, nobody's as smart as me and I keep finding these people who- My problem. <laughs> who, who, like basically being judgmental towards the other options that are out there yeah. for them and saying, I'm not finding anybody who meets me, who meets my mind. So right. what, what's their pattern? Two things. First of all, they may not be connectable because there may be inconsistencies in who they are. Okay. You know, like I meet people sometimes who go, you know, I've been on 12 dates, only 12 dates in the last two years, and all of them were a disaster, and I just felt like none of these people connected with me. Right. But, you know, this person, you know, is, is, has got things going on in their life that are that are fundamentally incongruent. Like, they're this kind of person, and then they do this thing that is the opposite of that. Or they are a certain kind of person, but they're looking for someone who is the exact opposite in a way that would to most people, obviously, equal an oil and water situation. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. And so they're just not making sense, you know. Meanwhile, or, or, you know, they may have character flaws that they think other people will look past, either because they're so beautiful that people should or, or some other form of arrogance. Yeah. You know, like they're just not very nice people or they're bitter or they're cold. You know, it, it reminds me of how many times Emily's got phone calls. My wife, Emily's also dating coach. I thought you were going to say he's also dating other guys. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Didn't know that about, no, about well, you. Like, women will call her and say, you know, all men are jerks. They're all dogs. I hate all of them. Can mm-hmm. you find me a nice husband? <laughs> well, no. No, I mean, because like, all men are jerks and horrible. And obviously, you already have that preconceived notion that there's nobody great out there. Right. But see, she still may be sexually attractive. And guys are taking, out, taking her out. And they'll have sex with her. But they're not going to get in a relationship with her because she completely disrespects men in general. And they're yeah. not going to be next. Yeah. Like, so that feeds the, the self-fulfilling prophecy of, see, they only all want one thing, then they kick me to the curb, mm-hmm. you see. So that's why she's not getting the connections she wants. I also think, like you just said, I think, Kristen, you said, you know, women will just like write, hey, and expect the world to fall at their feet. That's immaturity. That's, that's relying on one's physical looks. And, you know, men will do the same thing sometimes, too. It may just be lack of creativity, too. Yeah. But in women's case, you know, a lot of times they'll just put a profile up, say, on Match.com and go, hey, you've seen the pictures, holler at your girl. Well, or are they expecting any depth from that? They're, they're feeding the disease of men just objectifying them, and then they get all upset about it. So, again, it comes down to inconsistency. It comes down to, frankly, getting exactly what you asked for, so you've got to be clear on what you're asking for because you just might get it. Yeah, well, it's like going fishing and putting, like, uh, like – Something that you can't like a fake eat worm on the out end, like a fake, yeah, a real worm. exactly, or like putting like a oh, piece. I think they do use. They fake do worms. use. Okay, worms. never mind. But I was gonna say like putting like a piece of sharp metal. No, that won't even work. Just throwing but a bear hook saying, out there. Yes, like, exactly. Going there, based thank on your you. Looks is like throwing a bear hook into the water instead of having something else built around it, like who you are at your core. Yeah. And that shit's going to stab you somebody. with that metaphor. Right. That was wonderful. But, nothing. Yeah, so, nothing. So what, what I hear you saying is that these people need to get to know themselves more, and they need to get to know more about what it is that they're actually looking for, and they need sure. to have boundaries in place so that if they start to see certain behavior that they don't want to tolerate or that is um, similar to something they've seen in the past that didn't work out well for them, they can cut it off sooner so they don't continue piling on these experiences that lead them to the same conclusion. Yeah, I'd also add that people tend, I mean, the culture nowadays tends to feed narcissism. So I see so many online dating profiles. It's like, here are all the people I don't want. You know, yeah. women will say, yes. like, if you're, I hate you're, that. you're a loser and live with your mommy in the basement, stay away. It's like, well, what's right to the guy you do want? Maybe you'll have better luck. Right. And also, don't put out there that you're already better than people. It just mm-hmm. makes you look awful. Yeah. I, oh, I see that a lot. Or, oh, it's 
Angry, yeah. Well, they're angry people. Oh, That's true. what I'm saying. A lot of it comes from frustration where they're like, I've, yeah. I put out the nice profile and I got crap. So I understand. Now they're like, well, I'm going to try saying up front what <laughs> I, I don't want and see if that is a better result. I, I saw a woman's profile one time and she had 10 pictures of herself and she had the same general look in her face in all 10 pictures, which was Michaela Maroney is not impressed. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. And, and the first, I said, oh, here we go. You know, I, I got to the point in my online dating when I was doing it, I just wrote women to, you know. Oh, yeah. I've called people out on things. Like, I wrote yeah, to one I just guy. I just entertained myself, you know. Yeah. Like, I wrote to I a mean, guy. He had an architect in his profile. And I'm like, I know this dude is not an architect. Really? And, yeah. He had, like, written um, his height wrong, like, in, in, the, in terms of format. And so I just swiped right on him just to say that. But well, he's he super like yards me. or something like that. Well, he put like a dash. You don't need a dash, like oh. you know, whatever. And I just said, I'm, you know, I think you're bullshitting on the architect thing. And did he say? I he was? said, Bingo, yeah, I'm, <gasps> I'm a coal miner or something. No. And I was like, well, obviously, because you don't know how to, whatever. I once wrote a woman online, and she had put the three things I want most from a man are honesty, integrity, and truthfulness. And That's I wrote her back. The same I, thing. I said, you know what? We're going to get along great. Because the three things I want from a woman are repetition, redundancy, and reiteration. Oh, that's amazing. That was good. Damn. Damn. I like that. Yeah, people need to be called out. Sorry, but they yeah, I don't think she had much of a sense of humor. But, you no, know, you yeah. also, no, she was like, Ew. And she didn't even get it. You got, also got people out there, like I said, they're narcissistic. And, and the same woman, you know, is like the one who had the Michaela Maroney problem. Mm-hmm. Well, she wrote, you know, I've already sifted through every profile out there, and I've already deleted 99% of you. So good luck to the rest of you. Oh, and I'm thinking, like, good luck with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, good luck to you. And she goes on to, like, so many other women in particular do, talking about everything she needs the guy to do for her. Oh. Like, well, wait a minute. What value do but, I get from even writing? But these are actually great examples that you're you're throwing out there because I think a lot of guys... They may still approach those women online, Absolutely but I would say that these not. are red flags, and then these are yeah. things that to be looking for about what she actually is putting out there and what resonates with you, um, Scott. I know that you have to go pretty soon. Do we have you for another cu- couple of minutes? Sure. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to go on a bit of a break, and then I want to come back and ask one question of you that we had from one of our listeners. So we'll be back in a second. <laughs> back so scott thank you for staying with us through that break i know that you have i need to stop laughing soon. when we come back because then it gives it away that and we, I was like, we don't really go break. anywhere yeah. um okay so here was a question uh that we got from a listener giggle, giggle. what topics should i talk about on a first date are there ones to avoid james all right jane i thought this was i thought this was a show for men that's great no, james. No, james 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 oh james yeah okay all right here's the deal the purpose of your first date is to, is to figure out whether or not the two of you get along. It's not to solve world peace, to decide whether you're going to marry each other, what church you go to, who you voted for in the last presidential election. None of that. Although okay. nowadays that question could determine uh, whether or not. Yeah, I think but it, you don't. And I think right. you're going to like your life a lot that more if time's too short. Yeah. Yes. No, I agree with you. So what you want to do is you want to keep conversation light and you want to focus on fun. You're, you're having a good time together. The weird thing is, you know, whenever we're doing something, we tend to, our minds tend to gravitate towards that action. And what we're doing is we're dating. So what we do is we start talking to the person we're at with about dating. You know, like, so how's it been going for you on match? Next right. thing you know, it's a bitch session about how everybody yeah. else is terrible, which then migrates over to a talk about exes, which is the kiss of death. You know, you got to avoid it. all about, about are we just having fun? The last Light guy, the last guy, the guy that I threw up in front of, we were, we were, I, he had just gotten out of a relationship like three weeks ago and we, were, and I was very drunk, but we started talking about it. He's like, really, are we doing this right now? And I was like, if you want to. And he was like, okay. And then we just like. Sometimes I think it's okay yeah. to bring up those topics, depending yeah. on where the other person That's, is at and depending how you're framing. Well, I wouldn't lead with it. No, no, no we didn't. Really, this was about an hour. And, yeah. I, you know, again, I'm putting, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. First, first order of business is my point is do we even like each other? I mean, we can sit here and go over all the interview questions so we're blue in the face, but you're still talking to an anonymous human being 
unless you've connected. And see, I think the word like rapport sounds to me like the word youth. Like nobody, nobody under 21 calls themselves a youth. I mean, what is rapport? <laughs> rapport is connection. You know, it's like building rapport with youth. I mean, it's like, yeah, well, school. this is a scientific journal, you know. Right. So what you're doing is you're trying to connect. I think people misjudge what connection really is. The first order of business is you've got to feel comfortable around each other. And guys have been taught ad nauseum, don't give this woman compliments. Uh, you know, don't give her any indication you like her. The poor woman, you know, because guys have been taught that women have everything figured out socially, the poor woman is sitting there on the other side while the guy's still wrapped up in his own head trying not to mess up and walking on eggshells thinking, you know, do I look like my pictures? It says he likes me. How is this going? And like I said before, if you're not needy, you can't. You don't have to fake anything. You can't right. fake being not needy, and you can't fake being needy. That's the crazy thing about desperation. Right. So you can sit down and tell a woman, you know, you, I'm having fun already. This is going great. You look even better than your pictures, and you haven't, like, grown yourself at her or, or become Mr. Nice Guy. You're simply giving her something to help you feel comfortable with. You know, give her space, keep the conversation light. If you have something that's humorous or funny to say, do it. First step, she's comfortable with you. Second of all, you have to like each other. I mean, is she into what you're into? Are your personalities resonating? You're not going to go along with everybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what happens is once you like each other and once you're comfortable with each other, then you can get along. You know, you get along. Then you get on the business of do we get each other? Mm -hmm. Do our minds think alike? Do I understand you? Do you understand me? I get... Mm -hmm. Women who write me are end men, and they go, you know, my boyfriend or my girlfriend said this to me last night, Scott. What do they mean by that? And they've been dating for five, six months or five, six years. And my standard answer is, I don't know. Did you go ask them? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, no, no, I, I, I can never. I can never ask that. Yeah, that's a lack of connection. Right. What well, we I don't know if that's a lack of a connection. That's a, that's a lot of fear of losing. Oh, yeah, fear of loss. You just nailed it. You hit the nail on the head. Mm. That's the root cause of Mr. Nice Guy is desperation. I fear losing. So how dare I, you know, do anything mm-hmm. that's going to challenge or, or rock the boat or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not yeah. it's not advising to be an asshole, but it's advising to speak your mind and be mm-hmm. who you are. You can do it in a respectful way without ruffling feathers, but just exactly. staying away from certain topics or discussions or being agreeable isn't going to get you that clicking because you're not going to show who you are and she's not going to get to see it either. It's better to have a debate over something light and fun than a debate over... So my my husband and I had a debate over tipping. and On the first date? On one of our first Yeah, because you're a cheap tipper. Uh, I am not a cheap tipper. I am an acceptable tipper. Acceptable means cheap. He is an over-the-top tipper. Somebody opens the door for him. What's your... Here's a five. if If your dinner's $40, what's your acceptable tip? 20%. Which would be? Which would be... 20 percent of forty yeah. is eight dollars. Yeah. Okay. So you would you give twenty percent? Oh, so you were testing my math too. Well, also yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is but what I wanted I, to see if you thought twenty percent was lower than if it was. Somebody is a horrible waiter. Yeah, they don't get twenty percent. But he thinks they do. They, they the standard yeah. is you get it because you did it. See, that's something fun to debate on a first date. I, I know. Whereas, so my friend Stephanie, she's thirty five, dating like crazy. And she texted me last night about a guy that she went out with and he talked to her and she's so irritated because it happens to her all the time because she's a doctor. And so guys want to talk to her about health care. Oh, right. And she's got very, very strong opinions on health care. Yeah. And uh, and then they she says every time they talk to her about health care, politics and religion. And she's like, I don't know what the deal is. And it's weird because for me, she's that topic doesn't come up. I'm like, probably because I they think yeah, I'm they dumb. Look at you and they're like, <laughs> like nah, this girl doesn't not gonna be into yeah, she won't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah. So, Let alone um, when 20% of our bill is. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think you just hit the three-legged stool <laughs> of awful topics to bring up on first dates before you get to know each other. Right, yeah. right. right. Yeah. yeah. But can't, well, the thing is, is let, let's say that those things are passions for both of those people. Like my mother-in-law, she like loves politics, and I'm sure she would be heavily attracted to somebody who has if the same point of view If you're both into politics, go, I feel like you could go for it. Yeah. But, so, but well, I think I like right. what you guys were saying, that you, you want to go uh, – Ease into those conversations. See if you click. See if you have chemistry. See if you have a rapport for youth. Whatever it was that you're saying before, <laughs> and then, then you can go into those conversations. Same thing with talking about your exes, because I think you can then handle those conversations properly. And you're at that point where those sides of your personality can come out, and it's not like your whole day is centered around those serious topics. That's what I, I think. think. It's interesting that you brought up how you can dive right into politics if you're both passionate about that. Well. 
I mean, I, I think that's right because you're both passionate about it, and that's part of you getting each other. I mean, right. you're both, you know, like it's like when people get into like these love trysts on the TV show House of Cards. You know, they're 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 both into politics on that show. By the way, that's the worst sex I've ever seen on any. TV or movie is House of Cards. Well, of course, they're politicians. Right, exactly. uh, they're the if they frame them as having good sex, that'd be scandal. It's great I've ever seen. But anyway, yeah, I mean, if you're both passionate for politics, then you're probably going to know which side of the Right, right, exactly. You know where you are at that point. Going off. Yeah. You, you know, it's like a, you know, you're, you're, it's like a, you know, a happy family reunion. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Okay, do you have a time to stick around for one more question, and then we're going to wrap up our show? Let's do this thing. Okay, perfect. I, I stum- answered already. I'm already taken. I'm not single. So. Yep, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> okay, I stumbled across your podcast recently off of the back of a reading. I hope they uh, serve beer in hell by Tucker Max. A quick Google search brought up your podcast with him and spurred me on to listen to more of your shows to try and address my current situation. I'm a good-looking 29-year-old guy in England married to my wife who I've been with for six years and have two young children. I have never really had any trouble meeting or talking to women and have had relationships Until now that I'm <laughs> into high double figures. I used to enjoy the chase of women and spent a lot of time investing into myself to read signs and be assertive. I met my wife on a night out and built our relationship by being assertive, bold, coming across not too overcommitted, offering a high level of chivalry and generally having the majority control of the relationship. It was ultimately based on my terms and worked well. My relationship was great and the daily sex was incredible in loads of different positions. Fast forward <laughs> six years, one marriage and two children later and the balance has shifted. The control has definitely Definitely moved in favor of my wife. I've always been in touch with my feelings and expressed myself, which she used to find refreshing compared to previous men she dated. However, she now finds me overly sensitive and often says that she is the man in the relationship and I am more like the woman. She prefers not to talk about feelings and just get on with it. <laughs> it would seem all those years of learning to read women has now turned against me as I become overcommitted and can easily read her mood when I walk into a room, which then starts me thinking in overdrive things like, is it me? Despite sex being great when it happens and my wife giving up her dominance in the bedroom, it's often hard work to get her to have sex. And I feel that sometimes she thinks it's like a chore despite giving her multiple orgasms, genuine, not faked, um, through foreplay and oral before we have, maybe you give too many details to your wife. <laughs> She's over it. Um, and oral before we have full sex in most occasions. I have to admit, I get kicks giving her pleasure. She gets my undivided attention during our sessions, and I do not ask for much. Despite this, I feel like I'm often hoping to have sex with her rather than her coming to me for sex and seducing me like she used to before. I feel emasculated. Oh, God, that's a long question. Okay. Um, I've studied... NLP and I'm aware of my thoughts and know that I can be negative sometimes and give across the wrong energy. I'm also aware that I have lost my assertive edge and don't display my confidence around her, which I seem to have no problem doing in my day job and fields uh, for field sales. I wouldn't be attracted to me as the person I am now and I'm around her when I'm around her, but when I'm away from her, I'm a different person and stronger. That's what I want to get back in her presence. Basically, what I'm trying to ask is, I know my wife loves me and I'm acutely aware that I'm not the go-getter, confident, self-assured man around her like I used to be when I met her. So how do I go about addressing the power balance and try to get some control back in our relationship? What would be the first steps in getting back to the old me that she fell head over heels with? I remember him. I just can't get back there. Many thanks. Um, Chris. Well, there's a whole mm-hmm. coaching program in there. I know, seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a complex thing. And I'm always reticent to take something complex and just glibly throw a little answer out there without knowing this guy in his real situation. First of all, what he's dealing with is a huge, huge thing. It's pandemic in the U.K. in particular. Guys are losing their masculinity and and feeling emasculated Start sounding american when you speak yeah <laughs> well i mean yeah but i mean you see the thing is the guys in the uk it's still about politeness yeah. you know the, the british culture is still there yeah but the women you know they're they're you know responding to the toxic masculinity media and feeling like you know men are terrible but masculinity is awful but hey let's solve that by being more masculine ourselves which of course but what if it doesn't have anything to do with that and she's just not into him anymore like she's I just lost it, feelings. As somebody who's well, now had children, I'm going to try and dive in on this one for a second. Okay. There, there is something that happens once you bring children into a relationship. Um, like, look what you did to me. No, it's not even that. It is the role that us women do take on. We're right away. We're the leaders of the household. Right. 
Um, and right. we, and I, I'm experiencing this now as well. And every woman that I talk to has the exact same complaints about their husband, where um, their husband is like an amazing father, wonderful to their children, but they're they take a back seat to running the household. And so they lose that look of masculinity. Yeah. Like mm. I, I've done all the research for everything that my kid gets involved in. Um, uh, and then I run it by him, which is nice, but there's nothing that he's contributing. And I, right. I, the truth is, is that I probably don't give him a chance to. Um, but a lot of women are the exact same way. And I think it starts off. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I think it starts off when a man sees like maybe a woman breastfeeding or something. And he's like, I can't do that. So you you, you take the reins. You're a woman. You, you're going to know what to do. And I've heard my husband say that to me. Like, I just feel like you know what you're doing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing either. I'm just guessing as well. And I'm going off of my instincts. And I, I saw it happening with my first son where he would slowly start taking a back seat. And it, it really got under my skin and it and it made and I felt like I was the man of the household yeah, because I was running the ship and it just happened naturally. A man with boobs. Yeah. And we, yeah. And milky boobs. And we, we adjusted, you know, as my son got older and we had lots of conversations about it and we did some coaching together to try, you know, to get that back together. Um, and it did shift, but now I've had my second child and it, it's going back to that same place. Anyway, my point is, is that I, I, I think that a lot of that does happen once you have children. I had read this one article, uh, it's up on my website that was in psychology today with this husband who, um, he didn't understand the dynamic as well of when his wife said, I want you to participate in things. He would just come and sit, come home and say, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Or I like that they're doing homework or he, he would assist and help. He wouldn't actually be a part of making these things happen and left her to be alone with a lot of the child raising or the, the harder things that you have to do. And I think a lot of animosity comes from that. There's a lot of tension after you have children. There's a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of stress levels and a lot of pressure put onto both parties, um, but more so to women as well. I know I'm going into like a diatribe about this, but my point is, is that a lot of sexiness gets taken away during those first couple of years after having a child. And I think that that's potentially what has happened to Chris and his wife. Um, The advice on what to do about it is something yeah. I want to I want to cover on a, a different show and I know because Scott was saying he's like this is a whole program and it completely is and maybe we can pick up on the next episode talking about that but I, I agree that this is a much larger thing about how to f- correct and fix that issue. Right. Can okay. I chime in just a little bit on yeah. what because I think that's a huge, huge topic. Yeah. After the kids are born and the mom all of a sudden has you know more going on inside the nest you know as it were. Yes exactly. More kids um, More competition, are, too, for the man. Yeah, yeah. Two things I think are interesting. I, I once, relatively recently, a few months ago, had a conversation with a guy where he brought up an incredibly interesting point that because, remember, men are taking care of things underneath Maslow's hierarchy, the, the yeah. high, the, you know, think of the guy as the eagle, the perimeter defender outside the eagle's nest, defending against predators. Yeah. And providing, you know, for the sustenance of the family. But inside the nest, mom's got it covered. She's feeding the baby. She's keeping the eggs warm, blah, blah, blah. I think for a lot of guys, the natural tendency is once they see the women have it covered, they, they, they say, okay, the women got it covered. Yeah. I can go do something else. I can go back down Maslow's hierarchy and make sure we're being provided and protected at the macro level down mm-hmm. here. The problem is because the lines between masculinity and femininity have been, been have been blurred, and men have been told, "Hey, you need to, you know what? You need to help more around the house." They feel like they should, and that's part of who they are as as, as partners in this relationship. But then again, the woman's just got it handled. She's got the breastfeeding. You know, she knows more about this. It, it comes more naturally to her. So I mean, you know, guys can cook dinner, they can clean the house, and this, that, and the other. But it's still just like I'm the third wheel around here. Mm-hmm. And I think when guys understand the purpose of masculinity as being the enabler of the feminine gifts, he can go focus on that, and I think the woman would appreciate that more. That doesn't mean that you don't do some dishes and you don't cook dinner. I mean, I do most of the cooking right here just because I love it. But I think, you know, that may be helpful to a situation like that. Plus, you know, you got to be best friends. You can't just be in this relationship because you're hot for each other, because you're right, once Life happens and children happens. I think Bill Cosby, love him or hate him, was the guy who said that, you know, having children is the world's greatest. Put that in her drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is the world's greatest what? 
birth control. Like, oh, you know, you, yeah. you yeah. finally Absolutely. find time to have an intimate moment with your wife. And or hanging around a guy who puts stuff in your drink. Right. I mean, you know. Well, one, one tip I, before we wrap up the show, I want to yeah. give to Chris. Is, and this was something that was recently said. We went in to go meet with um, my son's preschool teacher. Because I, I, I've talked about it on the show. I'm, I am having a hard time right now balancing everything because, you know, two children is insane. Um, and I, I myself am feeling not like a woman and not in my feminine energy. And uh, sorry, his preschool director, because um, I was going to her to see if we could, I could find a therapist to talk to about this. And my husband came into the meeting as well. And she turned to him. And she said, your only job right now is to make sure that this woman feels like a woman. So hire the babysitter. He's like, what Saturday. woman? I don't see a woman. Right. He said, she said, hire the babysitter really and make her go out on Saturday, every Saturday yeah. night. Um, take her out to new places. See what things she wants to like. Basically, his job was to entertain me and not help, help me be a mom, not help me be a good parent was to help me be a woman again. Right. So I would say that I, I, I get it, Chris, that maybe your confidence is lower in that space and she may not be seeing you as being the sort of assertive man, but a way to help her get more feminine and also take on a more masculine role is for you to take the reins on those things that I've just listed so that you're not saying like, what do you want to do on Saturday? Or can you call the babysitter? It's I've called the babysitter for every Saturday for the next, you know, four weeks. We're going out on Saturday at two o'clock and this is where we're going to and saying, I don't care if you're worried about it or stressed out. I've got it all figured out and covered. This is what's happening, and we're doing it. That's exactly and that's super sexy. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Oh, is yeah. is is this just a way, or at least an opportunity? It's not going to fix the whole problem, but maybe just like manning up and mm-hmm. acting like, look, I'm going to take this one. I'm going to make her have a good time like we used to, mm-hmm. and no amount of eye rolls or whatever is going to make me not take her out to the show that she said she wants to see. No no number of slaps in the face is going to stop me. I think eventually Absolutely. she can put up enough of a physical fight that it's like, okay, this date's not happening. But, but you know, is that a thing to yeah. just be like, look, right now we're going to do this mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll I know get for, ourselves for in me, the right headspace. For me, that's a huge thing and, and that's what we're doing right now. And I, I can already see a shift. In myself, yeah, and um, in my husband, in the way that I feel and think about him. Well, you're so. talking about the subtleties of providing and protecting yep. yeah. as a masculine guy. I mean, what you're doing is you're enabling her femininity. I mean, for what it's worth, everything the three of you are talking about is also the golden secret for dating single moms. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're working all oh day, they're coming home, yeah. bathing their kids, waking up next to morning, doing the whole thing. They've got to be in the masculine so often because they're providing and protecting for so many people. And doing all those roles, inside the nest, outside the nest, if you want to use my metaphor. If you come along and you say, hey, look, you know what? We're going to hire a babysitter. I'm going to take you out. And for the next two hours, you're on vacation. We're just going to have fun and laugh. Oh, I mean, that woman is going to adore you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why not do that for your wife, too? Brilliant yeah. advice. Love you it. know what would make me mad as a woman, though? I'd be like, you're only doing it because I told you to. No, well, that's the thing. You can't. Sorry, I'm difficult. No, but <laughs> I hear you. But it's that, like that, that's where you have to sort of just, just like smile and say, yeah, yeah. you told me to do that's it. That's like right how now. I wish but someone gonna... would, would change. Would you rather I not do what you told me to? <laughs> no, no, that's, well, no, that's why women said, are the worst. Once it's you know, already been said what to angry. do, then yeah. she's like, I just told you to do that. Yeah. That's not you taking charge. I, that's And that's kind of what I meant by no amount of eye rolls, no amount of we're only doing this because. Yeah, you just roll on because that's fairly masculine to be like. You know, to be maybe hard-headed enough, like, nope, okay, I fine. know you want to go out. Yeah. I, whatever. We're going. You told me this, but you didn't tell me what we're yeah. going to do well, when you're we're not, getting there. You haven't told me about next week, which exactly. we're doing that, too. Exactly. Just owning it. Anyway, I know that Scott has to go. We actually have to go as well and get out of the studio, which we're back in right now, which is Woo-hoo. wonderful. Um, but thank you, Scott, for being on the show. Anybody who wants to get more materials from Scott, which you should because they are fantastic and wonderful, whether you are single, dating, in a relationship, a man or a woman, he he just gives like uh, amazing, wonderful advice about not being an asshole and learning how to be a a strong masculine man or a strong confident feminine woman. strong masculine woman right uh, but go to wing girl method slash Scott that's just with one T uh, slash Scott M and find out more information wing girl method slash scott one t m and you'll get tons of information from the amazing scott scott thank you for being on the show 
uh, and to everybody else who is in studio with us right now. Who could that be? Everybody else. New episodes of the Ask Moon podcast go, uh, oh, no, of the What She Wants mm. What show. You know how many times it's going to happen? Oh, it's yeah, happen all the time. Years. Ask women what she wants. That's yeah, exactly. Of our show, <laughs> go out. Title. I know, it can change next week. Um, but let us know what you think of that new name. But go out uh, every Thursday and don't be an idiot and download individual episodes. Please go and subscribe if you want to write questions in that are answered live on air. Write them to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. Ask, because I realize many <laughs> people think it's Oh, ask. well, now we're going to, well, we can probably keep yeah, for sure. Yeah. We can totally use that. Ask at askwomenpodcast.com. And you guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.